0: 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Try subtle again. Shoots and scores. There's 50 from the right circle. Harris in the pocket. He's throwing and he's going down the rail. He's got a man open. It is complete and he's going the distance. Inside the five. Touchdown Eskimos. Ricky Collins Jr.
1: Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams.
0: This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Brought to you by CAM LLP Injury Lawyers. Representing injured people
2: in Edmonton and across Alberta since 1962.
0: On the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 630 Chad. Just one game underway in the National Hockey League. It's the Senators leading the Red Wings 1-0 halfway through the first period. And just about to get underway, the Penguins up against the Lightning. Day off for the Oilers. Man, they haven't scored in a while, have they? They will take on the Washington Capitals tomorrow night at Rogers Place. Of course, we have it for you. 5.30 5.30 face-off show game at 7 right here on 6.30. Chad, we'll give away some tickets to that game a little bit later on tonight on Inside Sports. Two on one with Terjean. Had to slow up. Oh, the one-timer! And Rudy the save! Now Hull again, faking the shot. Gets it to Turgeon. Shot by Hull definitely hurt Kelly Rudy. He didn't move much after he made the save. I think this catches him just above the pad and hits him right on the knee. All right, that little ditty of a highlight. I I I'm not bringing Kelly's line on live yet, just in case he still feels the pain for that shot from that shot. That's from March 30th, 1998. Now the commentator there said the puck hit Kelly Rudy in the knee. And if you watch that whole clip, Kelly finally reluctantly leaves the game while playing for the San Jose Sharks. But that clip on YouTube is labeled Kelly Rudy takes a Brett Hall shot in the groin. So now I will bring Kelly on. The truth once and for all. I can't believe I'm going to ask another man this question. Groin or knee?
1: Oh, no, that was definitely on the knee. Just okay. kidding. Reed, that was that was an awful injury. I can tell you what. That was Steve Conroy. That was one of my former teammates. He was doing color for the Sharks uh, for a couple years. And, uh, oh, my gosh. I think if you watch the video, and I know a lot of people have it, it, it sort of became a little bit popular the last few weeks. And there was a, a reporter – um, with the Athletic, and he he wrote this really funny story, anyways, about the whole incident and everything, um, but it wasn't funny at the time, and I, I think I refused to come out of the game. Jason Mazzotti was the backup that night, and Daryl Sutter told him to get in the net, and I waved him back, and Daryl Sutter waved him back to get me, so I reluctantly came out of the game for a couple of minutes, tried to go back in, and Uh, Reed, if I'm not mistaken, within about 15 seconds, St. Louis scored again because I just literally could not move. And then I went off the ice and got undressed and went to the hospital. And luckily for me, everything was okay. But that was, uh, oh, my gosh, what an injury to have. That was a one-timer by Brett Hull uh, right in the slot, about 15, 20 feet away. And, uh, oh, my gosh, luckily I never had to endure anything like that again.
0: Well... Part of me hates bringing up these bad memories, but you tell far better stories about tough moments <laughs> in your life, Kelly, the, the, than the good ones. Did, did Hall have the the hardest shot you faced during your time in the league? I mean, he, obviously he scored tons of goals, so sure. we know he was a great shooter, but did he have the most velocity on the puck?
1: I'd say he and Al McInnes. Um, and uh, I faced both of them a, a million times, it seemed. Uh, I even know, like, I knew Brett Hall at the time, and so he felt really badly about it. Uh, I think I saw him the next day, because we stayed over in St. Louis. We were going somewhere else on the road trip, and uh, we practiced in St. Louis. Of course, I didn't, but uh, I was off the ice, and he he searched me out, and uh, he, he apologized, not for setting up the goal and so on, but for causing that sort of damage. But, uh, oh, my gosh. It's, you know, it, it's interesting looking back, on it now, and you can have a chuckle. But Doug Wilson, by the way, he uh, when he was uh, the general manager in San Jose, like this first year or two, we had him on after hours, and and he remembered that incident so much. He he grabbed because they on file they save all the medical records of all the players, right? And so he grabbed the medical file from that and showed it to me on there. And said, what do you remember about this incident? And oh my gosh! So you know it was so it's so memorable i guess if that's the word that you know it i think a lot of people that were that saw that have never sort of let that one go
0: well, you you made it through, so uh, glad you survived that one. And thanks for sharing your your record. I, I gotta say, Kelly, I, I'm struggling. I, like I'm I'm going deep into the Kelly Rudy YouTube file to find audio. <laughs> now, like we, we've done every penalty shot, every great save. So right? we, I, now I'm finding you getting hit in the groin. So I I don't know what's going to be next week. But
1: maybe <laughs> ne- maybe next week we can do when I uh, when I I was so tired one night in these playoffs. Sebastian Ajo of Carolina, oh. and I wanted
0: to call him hey. A. <laughs> <Yeah>. Oh, <laughs> yeah, well, I kinda, that's well, I and, remember, and, right? Uh, yes, and I couldn't stop laughing the entire
1: segment. I couldn't stop talking, I or laughing, I mean, I, I had to talk and try and make my point, but I just couldn't stop laughing at the mistake I'd made. And Oh my gosh,
0: there are plenty of those out there, too. All right, so uh, the Oilers. They are 7-2-1. and That's a good record. Uh, the uh, bad side is they have not scored in two games. They got a point out of the game in Winnipeg. They they were uh, outplayed quite badly, I thought, last night in Minnesota. The The bottom six has not scored. The only goal from a, a depth player is Joachim Nygaard, and unfortunately he's injured right now. Look, we know they've got to do better and all that kind of stuff. When you played, and I'm really curious to get this answer from you because you played in an era when you might have a third-line player who might score 20 goals to then you got into the 90s when there were fewer goals and maybe there wasn't as much offense expected from your third line. You no. as a goaltender, as a teammate, what did you want out of lines three and four? Did you did you want the odd goal or what did you expect from those teammates?
1: Yes, um, I, I, I will say this. I didn't put too much pressure on them because I, I always found the bottom six forwards uh, would really struggle with confidence and so if anything I'd really try and build them up about man you've got a great shot or use your shot more or, maybe think about this when you're uh, when you get an opportunity and instead of uh, dragging them down by saying you haven't scored in 11 games bud like we need you here something like that I would be I would take more of an, a positive approach because the fact of the matter is those guys have to contribute in some way. It's not just enough to bang some bodies or get in on the forecheck. They have to contribute uh, scoring-wise. And, and the interesting thing is, you know, you look at some of the goals that I remember vividly, it's from bottom six guys. Like, we were tied uh, two games each, uh, 93 playoffs. This is the year we went to the finals. Second round, we're in Vancouver for game five, and uh, Gary Shuchuk of all guys, he, he, little did we know about concussions back then. But he sustained a, a concussion, and he, in uh, double overtime, he ended up scoring the game-winning goal. One of the at the time, one of the biggest goals in Kings franchise history. And uh, he doesn't remember it, I guess. But. I was so proud of him because that's what you need. You really need guys like that to contribute. You look at the Blues last year, their third line centered by uh, Tyler Bozak. If not for their contributions in, uh, in all the playoff rounds, St. Louis would not have been uh, Stanley Cup champions. So it's imperative they find a way to score, but I, I've always felt badly for those guys because you know, guys like Connor McDavid, they'll, they'll from time to time, they might lose a little bit of confidence, but they ultimately know because they've been so dominant their entire lives that they will get it back. Some of these other guys, they wonder if they'll ever score again. And so it's a, it's a real dilemma you find yourself in.
0: Kelly Rudy joining us at Inside Sports, as he does every week throughout the hockey season. So, how would have you felt getting a shutout and not the win like Mike Smith had to endure on Sunday? And oddly enough, Kelly, that's the third time in his career that's happened. He's taken a yeah, shootout loss after getting a shutout.
1: Yeah, that's crazy, right? I, I'd never really considered it that much, but have three of those, so you're perfect for sixty five minutes and, and yet uh yeah, you don't get the win. That's that just seems uh I don't know, ridiculous. Or I don't know what <laughs> I have never really thought much about what could you uh do differently, but it seems unfair that you're you're the losing goalie when you get a shutout and you're perfect. That's that's crazy.
0: All right. I got another injury-related question for you. I'm going to have Eskimos receiver Natay Ajay on later on tonight. They're back at it after the bye, and they have a game coming up on Saturday. And a week and a half ago, the last time the Eskimos played, their quarterback, Logan Kilgore, suffered a tongue injury during the game, and there were photos of him. His mouth was all bloody. And I I think Natay is going to have a story that they actually had trouble understanding Logan calling plays and giving signals yeah. during the game because his mouth was wow. so injured. Um, so we talked about you getting hit in the groin, any mouth injury or dental work you ever had to play through?
1: Okay. Uh, not, not me, but I, I do have a story and I thought of it immediately when you sent me the text. So I'm playing for the Islanders. It's uh, warm up, and it's two on one. Mike Bossie against one of our defensemen, uh, with uh, his uh, centerman, Brian Tracey. So two-on-one, but back in those days when you had 2 on one, the defenseman never tried whatsoever to disrupt what those two guys were going to do. So it was basically a two-on-oh, and Mike Bossie had the puck to my left, and he's going to do- make a cross-crease pass to Brian Tracci for the tap-in. Normally, I would just let that happen, and I have no idea. I had a complete brain cramp, and I chose to deflect the puck and not allow Brian a, a, a tap in. Much to my surprise, uh, the puck deflected up and got him right in the mouth. And, and I was sh- so shocked and so mad at myself. So he went off immediately. Uh, as soon as warm up was done, I raced into the trainer's room. I, I glanced at what I had done. And part of his, his, his tongue was basically cut in half, like from one side to the other. And it was a, an incredibly painful injury. He was getting all sorts of freezing in the tongue. He had to have so many stitches, I, I can't even remember. I, I apologized a, at least a hundred times. I was so mad at myself. I forced myself to stay in there while he is getting stitches. Just I, I don't know why I felt that compelled to do that, but ever since that point, I never uh, broke up a cross-crease pass in, in warm-up or in a practice. Simply for that reason, I was so afraid that I might uh, hurt a teammate that badly again. And, and, and as you can tell, I'm still rattled by that. That really shook me. Uh, I, I just I could not believe what, what was going through my mind that I thought instinctively I have to put my stick on this uh, puck knowing what, uh, what could have happened, and it did.
0: Wow. that Yeah, that's a tough one for sure. Okay, uh, final thoughts here. Capitals won last night in Calgary. Carlson's an amazing story. He's had the best offensive 10-game start, or or pardon me, 20-point start by a defenseman right in the neighborhood of Paul Coffey and Bobby Orr. Coffey got to 20 points in 10 games once. Carlson and Orr have done it in 11 games. Capitals are here tomorrow. Quick thoughts on uh, what the Caps are going to bring.
1: Oh, you'll be impressed. Uh, That's a really good lineup. Uh, Even uh, Rick Ball and I were talking uh, late in the broadcast that – Their fourth line played really well, too. But, of course, it's the stars that shine. Uh, Backstrom was amazing. You know, Backstrom is is an incredibly gifted offensive player, but he's so good defensively. And then when you watch him live, you'll really, really appreciate all the little things he doesn't get credit for uh, for doing defensively. Uh, Ovechkin is still a stud. Um, I thought Kuznetsov last night was fairly quiet, but Carlson scored maybe two of the flukier goals that, that he had get, Like, you should have seen the smile on his face after the empty netter last night. Because even though uh, it was an empty net opportunity near center ice, it did hit the defenseman's stick for the Flames and somehow still found its way in. But the smile he had on the bench was fantastic. But Holtby was excellent. I'm not sure who you're going to get tomorrow because they have back-to-back games. Uh, it's uh, they're, they're very, 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 very good. You'll like them.
0: All right, Kelly. I'll try to get uh, some memories... Next week of people and yourself not being injured sound fair.
1: Okay, thanks, Reed. Talk to you next week,
0: bud. That is Kelly Rudy, former NHL goaltender, now a broadcaster with the NHL on Rogers. Uh, our feature guest every week here at Inside Sports always fun to have him on the show. This
1: is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader.
2: Six thirty, Chad.
0: Thanks all tuning in. Astros have tied it. It's now 2-2 in the bottom of the first. NHL tonight. Lightning up 1-0 on the Penguins. Halfway through the first period. After the first period, Senators lead the Red Wings 1-0. Oilers tomorrow. Eskimo Saturday, another Oilers broadcast Sunday afternoon. Going to be a good few days here on 630 Chet. You can always call 780-496-0063. You can text 630-630. fan Glennie writing in. He says, finally, your show is back on, you scrum lurker. Well, we didn't have a show Monday. There was some kind of news event going on. Apparently, I was in that segment on uh, Jay and Dan called Scrum Lurkers. Yeah, that's what I heard. Uh, well, I mean, look, this segment is on a show hosted by one of my best friends, so I don't want to be too hard on it. But I do want to clarify, I'm not lurking in the Scrum. I'm actively participating in it. I'm asking questions. I'm listening. I'm gathering audio to bring to you, the listener, later on. So I'm, I'm not lurking. Like if you're visiting, if if you're in somebody's yard, visiting them, you're not lurking outside their house. You're you're visiting the people in the house. If they're in the house and it's nighttime and they don't know you're there, then you're lurking outside the house. So that's all I'm saying. <laughs> um, this texter says, Reed, I was going to text you yesterday. As soon as Rob Brown said the Oilers were coming home eight and one. As soon as someone guarantees a win or says this is a game the Oilers should win, you know they're going to be abysmal. He did it a few times last year, too. I apologize on behalf of Rob Brown. And uh, I, I, often, I often don't read uh, texts with profanity, even if they might be making a, a good point. Because, I, I, I mean, if you text in profanity, you know I can't say it on air, Right. But I will make an exception for this one. I'll have to use other words instead of the profanity. I'm sure you'll be able to guess where the profanity was and maybe what even the word would be. This person, of course, this individual did not sign his or her name, but I'll I'll read the text. Uh, Read, you are such a blank head for having a jerk like Kelly Rudy on. He hates Edmonton. Hates the oil, and you continue to have him on. Listening to him makes us sick, like having Trudeau on. Well, Trudeau is going to be on the show on Friday. So, so <laughs> that's extra. To look wow. forward to that. Yeah, he's he's just going to tell stories about the teams he played on and the private school he taught at. That's they're just going to do that. <laughs> oh my, Kelly Rudy was born in Edmonton. He loves Edmonton. Mm-hmm. he doesn't hate that. that's a, that's completely false that he hates Edmonton but whatever it always hurts me when I make people unhappy killing well you can't make everybody but happy but it's inevitable it's you know like I try to spread love and hope for every 10 that love you there's one that wants to you know poke out your eyes or something right so <laughs> well thanks that's a nice thought it's wrestling well logic, it is so Halloween so next go. week alright now After this interview, we'll give away some Eskimos tickets, too. We are being incredibly generous this evening. We are. So you'll get to see this gentleman play in person against a West Division opponent. Welcome back to Inside Sports. Eskimos receiver, Nate Ajay. Nate, how are you doing? I'm doing awesome. I'm doing awesome. Good to talk to you again. It's great to have you on the show again. And before we dive into the football stuff, there are a couple other things in your life that I want to ask you about. First of all... Raptors back at it. What'd you think of the season opener last night?
2: Oh, it was awesome. It was awesome to see the guys get their rings. Uh, it was kind of you know a good way to put the closure on all the last season and and kind of you know see the guys' faces when uh you know, the banner went down. It was, it was pretty awesome. It was like a whirlwind of emotions because they kind of replayed every uh, series uh, highlights that they had last year, and then all the way through this, to the championship game and it was so cool to see and kind of relive all the emotions that we went through as fans and then you know uh it culminated with the the, the banner dropping and now it's, it's it's forever in history you know canada has a, a championship team basketball team so it was it was pretty awesome
0: how did you handle it through all the Kawhi drama was he gonna stay or go and then ultimately his decision to go what was uh, what was it like for you as a fan then
2: uh you know what honestly after we won the championship uh, i i not i didn't care i was i was just happy um either way whatever decision he made he obviously he needed to do what was best for him and he obviously chose uh his family and you can never fault the guy you know for you know, choosing to go home or choosing to, to do what's best for him and he delivered so and i uh, as a Raptors fan and uh, you know, as a sportsman, you could never be mad at a guy that came in, did what he said he was going to do, worked hard, you know, brought a whole country together, you know. So, you know, he did more in a short period of time than, you know, I like could say, a lot of people have done in, in more time than he's, he's had. So, you know, he, he did a lot for, you know, the country. And, uh, you know, all we can do is be appreciative of, of the time that he, he gave us and the work that he put in and, um, you know, and just be happy. And uh, I can't wait to, you know, I think, when he comes back to toronto i'll I'll be in town so i can't wait to you know be there and uh, share that with them
0: okay cool Well, well speaking of family the last time we talked in the summer was shortly before the eskimos road trip to toronto and you were wondering, you were thinking maybe your wife was going to give birth while you were out there. I mean, uh, you know, she's she's in Toronto, obviously. Uh, you you did have a daughter yeah. named Kenza. How how did all that work out, Nate? That was a little bit of extra drama around the team going into that game. <laughs>
2: Yeah, for sure. It was, uh, you know, kind of our road trip to Toronto. And uh, and she was kind of due, like, around that game game time and, and that game day. Um, that's where her due date was. So, you know, she ended up not coming that day. So, you know, I went through all the stress of, you know, wondering if I was going to make it through that week. Uh, ended up making it to the game, but she didn't come. So I ended up staying in Toronto a couple of extra days. Uh, when while the team went back to Edmonton but she she still didn't come so that was uh that was a little interesting all the time and honestly we played Winnipeg uh the next week and um uh, and went through the same thing the uh, the next week and hoping you know she didn't come because you're gonna have some time after the game uh you know to you know kind of see it through but you know she came um she she came after the Winnipeg game I you know I wrapped the game I flew out of the Red Eye and then she she came the next day so you know as of right now she's got great timing and uh it all worked out
0: <laughs> okay good stuff Natea Jay receiver from the Edmonton Eskimos joining us tonight on Inside Sports I gotta ask you about your last game against the BC Lions. The pictures were making the rounds of, of Logan Kilgore with the very bloody mouth after the game because he he had a tongue injury. <laughs> His tongue was was yeah. bleeding. I, I gotta ask your experience of that, not just the visual but also the audio, because I'm guessing someone with a a fresh tongue injury perhaps isn't able to communicate <laughs> as clearly as they would yeah. like. So, what, tell me about your perspective of, of that whole injury with Logan.
2: Yeah, we actually didn't know how bad it was until like after the game, or you know, closer to towards the end of the game, because he got hit by Odell, and uh, you know, so he's coming back to the huddle, and we're in the huddle. And he's trying to he's trying to say that the play call, and we're like what? And he's like repeating it, and he he doesn't even know what's going on, so he's confused. And everybody's just like what? Okay, just have some water, man. And then he he takes a, a simple, I think it was a, a timeout or something. And he takes some water, and and when he spits, like a whole bunch of blood comes out, and he's like oh man, and like it's burning. And Then he's like he's like stick out your tongue. So he sticks out his tongue, and everybody just grabs like a gas, like oh. And he had, like, like, one of the biggest gashes that I've ever seen in, in, in someone's tongue, and it was, like, it was super deep. I, you, you can almost see through that thing. So, you know, he the gash was there, and it was bleeding, and, just having a hard time talking, and everybody was wondering what he was saying. But you know, you kind of you kind of learn as the game went on to talk with that little uh, uh, impediment, and um, <laughs> I think he did a great job. But it was very interesting, and it was kind of it, it was a funny it was a funny that picture that you saw it was a funny uh, visual going around. But it was just you know the kind of toughness that Logan has, and you know, and it was the kind of the welcome to the playoffs moment for us.
0: Well, he he hung in there, and uh, I'll say this for, for Logan he he never he never went away in games. He never had those moments where he he you know slumped his shoulders if something went wrong or, or backed down from a yeah. challenge. So credit to him. Having said that, you are getting yeah. your number one guy back, Trevor Harris, healthy and uh, expected to play here against Saskatchewan on the weekend. Just tell tell me a little bit about seeing Trevor uh, you know back in practice, and and obviously he had to battle through an injury. Where it, w- yeah. it was specifically to his throwing arm. I mean, this wasn't another part of the body where you can still try to go. This was, you know, one of the the most challenging injuries a quarterback can have.
2: Yeah, you know, like you said, it was one of the most challenging injuries yeah, he could have. And he kind of he kind of told me it was like, it's like, what would you do if like you had like a hamstring uh, that was like, you know injured you couldn't run you couldn't do what you do so he felt kind of lost and you know something that he's he, he been able to do his whole life was football just like my whole life I've been able to run so you know he was uh, he, he was frustrated but you know to see him out here this week has been very refreshing um, and no lo- knock against Logan We love Logan he did a fantastic job but you know when you get uh, your number one quarterback back it's you know it kind of gives the whole boost to the whole organization and and uh, it's, it's right on time too because you know you want to get that rhythm going into the playoffs. So, um, like like I said, like Trevor, seeing him this week has been you know, a big boost to us. Um, you know, everybody's looking forward to what he's going to do. We've um, missed him. I've missed him. Um, you know, he's a good friend of mine. So, you know, it's good to see him back doing what he loves to do. And, uh, you know, we're all looking forward to seeing him on that field.
0: Natay, I'm curious about the mindset for a football player. You have the week-after-week grind. You guys have been very focused on using that phrase, we want to try to go 1-0 and every week and, and putting it aside, whether you win or lose, and on to the next game. And you want to clinch that playoff spot. Well, now not only have you clinched that playoff spot, you already know who you're going to play and where the game is going to be. Montreal is, is locked in. So how do you kind of shelf that, you know, knowing that, you you're, that's who you're playing and but you have a couple of games left I, I mean does that is is it hard to get your mind around that a little bit that you know it's going to be montreal or can you just put that off as something that's in the future i'm just curious because it's such a season-long battle to get into the playoffs and now not only you know your play- yeah. you're in the playoffs you know your opponent
2: Yeah, you know, uh, it's interesting, like you said, because, you know, human nature would kind of, you know, tell you to, you know, relax and, you know, you kind of got the playoffs to look forward to. But, uh, you know, in the game of football, you know, each time you're out there, uh, if, if you're not you know, playing 100%, uh, you're going to get hurt. And you've heard that, you know, you've heard that, all heard that since we were kids. So, you know, we're taking it seriously. I know I'm taking it seriously. We're trying to win this game. We're trying to win every time we're out there on the field, like you said, one one game at a time. And, you know, I've uh, heard, like, this week, uh, you know, guys just, you know, go out there and do what you've done all year, but also work on techniques that, you know, maybe you haven't had the opportunity to try in games. Um, just so that, you know, you can you know you've done it in the game and if the time comes you, you know you you've done it and maybe you're successful at it or maybe you, you know, could try something else. But you know we could use these two games to um, you know, try to gain momentum, uh, going into the playoffs. Uh because we know the the teams that are the hottest at the end are the usually the, the teams that are most successful. So these aren't throwaway games by any stretch of the imagination we wanna we wanna win. Um I know uh, that's very, that's from the top down. Like, we all want to win. And anytime you step on the field as a competitor, too, uh, you know, we all hate the the, the taste of losing. So, you know, each guy's going to go out there, you know, trying to win. Uh, We're not looking at it as, oh, you know, we got the playoffs sold up or anything like that. You want to be playing your best at the end of the season um, in any sport. So, that's what we're uh, trying to take out of these games. Don't try to build momentum. Trevor's back, you know, for the first time in a while. So, try to build some chemistry that maybe, we lost um you know, shacks in there in the backfield and you know he hasn't played a ton this year so more reps for him are going to be valuable you know going into the playoffs you know uh Jovan's back too and you know he played his first game last week, and you know he needs more and more reps and obviously he had a good game but you know the more reps you can get the better right so you know there's a lot of factors going on and um you know and a lot of new faces in there too to you know kind of keep the uh, the you know the freshness and uh, the newness of you know being excited. So we're all excited. We're all ready to play. Uh, we aren't we're in the playoffs, so you know it's it's a chance for us to gain momentum. And you know like like Coach Montoya says, go one and at the end of the day.
0: All right. And finally, your opponent this weekend is having a pretty good season and uh, they they always have a lot of fans come with them no matter where they go. What is it like for you being part of, of this rivalry and being on the Edmonton side of it?
2: Yeah, uh, it's special. Um, you know, always playing. It's like a it's a big rivalry game in college. You always know, you know, if their fans are gonna travel, it means a lot to them. Um, you know, to play us, so uh, you know, it, it's special. And you always want to you as a as an athlete. You know, you always want to play in games that that matter, and uh, you always want the atmosphere to be uh, you know heightened. And that's 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 always what brings the best out of guys. It seems like so. You know, these games are are really important because. They're going to be playoff atmosphere type games. You know, the, the, our opponent is a quality opponent, uh, one of the best defenses in the CFL. So this is what we're going to be seeing in the in, in the playoffs. Obviously, we're going to the East, but this is the caliber of defense we're going to be seeing. So, you know, no better uh, opportunity to get ready for it than to see what the kind of defense that you will be uh, facing. So um, it's special on um, uh, a lot of different fronts. And, you know, you love to, you know, when, when they come in our house, the uh, um, – to kind of shut shut it down. So uh, we're looking for its opportunity for sure.
0: Nate, it's always great to have you on the show. Uh, a little bit belated, but again, congratulations on the new addition to the family. All the best down the stretch here with the Eskimos.
2: I appreciate that, Reid. Uh, talk to you soon, man.
0: That is Nate Ajay from your Edmonton Eskimos. Three thirty countdown to kickoff on Saturday game at five. Right here on six thirty, Chet. A couple of interesting texts I'll, I'll get to in the in the next half hour, and we'll have King's Court with Ryan King. So I was thinking, Kellen, I am an I- individual who does not dress up for Halloween. It's not that I'm mm-hmm. anti. Well, I'm anti Halloween starting. September 15th, or when it seems to start. Now, I'm not anti Halloween. I think costumes are cool. I appreciate the creativity. Mm-hmm. I'm just one of those people. I never, I don't get that into it. If you listen regularly, like, you know what? I, I don't have any kids, so I don't get pulled into it by, by anybody that way where I got to dress up to go trick or treating with, with children or whatever. But I'm thinking this year, maybe now I, it's, I still have over a week, so maybe this is the year I wear a costume. So I've narrowed it down to three choices for my costume, and I'll have to decide one of the next few days, and then try to get it ready in time for, is it next Thursday's Halloween? That's correct, yes. Okay, so here are my finalists for my 2019 Halloween costume. Number one, a werewolf. Just because that's like a good horror-themed costume. Yes. There's There's a lot of good werewolf movies, interesting werewolf stories. Number two, because I'm currently watching this show on Netflix, my, my second costume idea is I dress up as Pam from The Office. All right. So that's uh, that's idea number two. And then my third idea, and this is actually Oilers themed. If you think about it, I go as a can of beets. Because we got that uh, blogger guy, yeah. Little kind of a different dude. Uh, what's his name? Bagged Worms or something like that? Bagged Milk milkman or something. Bag milk. and yeah, he I believe he is still doing this thing where he eats a can of beets after every oil. I think he, he might do it after every game now. I, I don't know. Is he's, that he's, he's, he's extremely popular and he single handedly has revitalized the beet industry. So maybe you know, he's been a guest on the show. He's a good guy. So I kind of pay homage to him and it has a bit of an oil I go as a can of beets. So those are my finalists. Uh, I go as a werewolf. Ham from the office, or a can of beets. I've I've narrowed it down. Fair enough. We're back after the news. Inside Sports on Chad. 630 Chad. Inside Sports with
2: Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.